Hello, everyone, and welcome back to today's episode on Movius Ministries podcast. I hope that you have had a day filled with the Holy Spirit, and if you haven't, that's okay. We are all people who are saved by God's grace through Jesus Christ. Um, I am so excited to talk about today's message. We're going to be talking about seeking God even when he's silent. When we're earnestly seeking God and we just don't hear anything and uh, we may feel his presence, um, but we don't necessarily hear anything, whether it's in the still small voice or um, in a booming voice. I've never heard God's voice in that way. I've usually heard it in the still small voice like scripture says, but this is episode 21, episode 204, and here on Movius Ministries, I, with the help of the Holy Spirit, thank God, do my best to interpret scripture, help you grow in your intimacy with the Lord, and to encourage you to remain steadfast through tough seasons as we also continue to be prepared for the second coming of Christ. If you're new to my podcast or have been listening for quite some time now, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here today. Over two years ago, God told me to start this podcast and start using the teaching gift he has given me, which I'm humbled by every time I get on here. I just pray that God's will would be evident in your life as we go through today's episode. The verse of the day today is going to be Micah 7.7. 7. And out of the NIV, it reads, But as for me, I watch in hope for the Lord. I wait for God, my Savior. My God will hear me. It is so ironic. This is the verse of the day today, and we're going to be studying Psalm 77. It's totally a God thing. We're going to come back to this verse, Lord willing, uh, once we dive in here to um, Psalm 77. Um, what a beautiful day out. Oh my gosh. I took my dog for a walk, and... Um, she enjoyed it. I had some Chipotle. I got an oil change this morning. Um, I'm going to Cedar Point on Thursday, Lord willing, and I'm super excited. We're taking my car, so I had to get an oil change. It was due for one anyway, so it's kind of kind of nice how it kind of was set up that way. Um, I have been getting a lot, a way better handle of my mental health. I've been praying a lot, and God has been showing me a lot. I'm super grateful. It is something that I eventually want to come out on my podcast and just talk about how God has helped me with it. And I really think it can help you guys. Um, You know, I think, like, I just want to say this one thing, and then we'll kind of open in prayer, and um, we will dive in here. But I think the reason why we struggle with social anxiety so much is because we're really codependent. I have looked at certain thoughts that I have, and... A lot of it can be so having social anxiety. Um, most of the time it happens when I drive. And uh, the Lord has really helped me just psychologically like think better. Um, and it's been really good. So take, take that in consideration that a lot of social anxiety is just, it's a codependent issue. And uh, we have to rewire our brains according to what God's word says. And to realize that God is not going to judge us for pleasing a person by like 
having it be bad people pleasing. Um, there's an episode I listened to on John Piper's podcast about the difference between good and bad people pleasing. And it really opened up my mind. It was really good because there are verses where Paul does talk about pleasing other men and, and doing what's best for them. Um, if you do hear something knocking in my room, I have my window open and it's a little bit windy outside, but I just wanted a nice cool breeze to kind of be going in my room. So, okay. If you have any questions or comments at all, uh, my email is, um, listed in the description below. Please do not hesitate. Email me. We can talk about things. Any questions that you have, please, even if it's not about this episode, I would love to help you. Let's open in prayer. Holy Spirit, we love you so much. Lord, let my mind be steadfast on you in today's episode. I surrender my social anxiety for people-pleasing. Surrender my heart and my mind to you. I submit myself to you, Lord. I submit myself to you and I resist the devil. Thank you for making me single-minded, Lord. I pray that this study would deeply be just deeply put into this person's heart that's listening, Lord, and that they would take it with them. And Holy Spirit, I would say what is true so that they may go out and walk in truth, Lord. I have no greater joy than my brothers and sisters walking in truth. No greater joy, Lord. Father, we thank you so much for your son. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would convince people again of who he is and what he did. Lord Jesus, we lift you up and we worship you. We love you so much. Thank you that you're coming back. I pray for hope in this person's heart for eternal life, God. I pray for those listening that don't know the gospel or don't know Christ. God, please bring them in, Lord. Pray for those walking in deeper sanctification that they would yield themselves to. And those who are just now starting to walk with Christ, Holy Spirit, you would lead them and that they would not strive by trying to please you in the flesh. Thank you for another episode, Lord. Thank you for giving me this platform. And I pray that I would just speak what is true in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Uh, I do have a water in today's episode as well, just to let you know. Okay, and if you like to know the song that's playing in the background, it's called In the Spirit by um, Waldner Worship. Last week, we talked about or this is actually season 21, episode 205. My bad. Let's fix that. Last week, we talked about blessing our enemies. Not blessing out enemies. Blessing our enemies. 
Uh, this was season 21, episode 204, and um, I want to make one thing clear about how we can have moments of despising a sinner. And we talked out of Psalm 15 to back this up. How can we bless them at the same time while we despise them? Um, if you don't, if you if you were here for that episode, the word where Jesus says to bless those who are your enemies, um, it can also translate into welcome. Well, despise is uh, in Psalm 15, I think it's verse 4, um, is translated into a verb. And we can see G- when Jesus says, bless our enemies, it translates enemies into someone who opposes God's law by their minds. It's not a contradiction here because Jesus tells us to bless them between that and what we read in Psalm 15. Here's what I would say to this. 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all of Scripture is God-breathed for correction and reproof. So we can't disregard Psalm 15 and just love our enemies. I'm doing air quotes for love our enemies. We should love, we should love our enemies. If you remember, love can translate into welcome. So h- how do we welcome while despise? Because both words are being used as verbs in, in, the, in the original language, in Psalm 15 and Matthew 5. I am here to say I'm not sure. I don't know. I think I need to listen to John Piper's podcast about this topic again and pray some more. And actually, I did yesterday, and I need to listen to it again because I, I, based on what he said, it, it reassured me and it made sense to me and kind of forgot about it. And now I'm probably needing to go back. It's something probably the Holy Spirit's um, disciplining me in. But So I'm here to say I don't have the, all the answers to this. I, it may sound confusing, but God is not a God of confusion, but a God of peace. Many of you guys have heard me say this before, where James talks about the double-minded man, and it's the Greek dipsuhas, and I say to myself, God is not dipsuhas. He's not double-minded. He wants to give us wisdom and understanding. So let's keep asking our benevolent God for wisdom in this to grow in knowledge about understanding how do we despise but love at the same time. And it could really mean like you could really, you know, but this is, this is where I'm like, this is where I'm like, I can say to myself, like, I can hate what he's doing, but still welcome him. But I think to myself, the word that's being used in Psalm 15 is is used as a verb. It's used as an action. So maybe I'm looking at that a little bit too hebedly, if that's the right word. Maybe I'm looking at that a little bit too, um, like, over kind of, like, over-spiritualizing it. I'm not sure. But maybe that's what it means, that we can look at them and really despise them with our feelings but still welcome them if they you know decide to come to christ um you know i i would even take that back actually i wouldn't just welcome them like if they were to come to christ welcome them anyway so that that'd be my kind of thing so here's some backstory based on what we're going to be teaching on today beloved we just recently uh did a message about overcoming depression anxiety and despondency we looked at Psalm 143 for this. This psalm, Psalm 77 we're going to be looking at today, is a recent one I came across. I was at my cousin's house with his wife, Bethany, and we had breakfast We had breakfast for dinner, and it was the best. I enjoyed it so much. We then watched the last two episodes of Season 3 of the show, The Chosen. 
God really spoke to me a lot through the last episode, really blew me away for the season that I'm in right now with the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> but there was a psalm that they mentioned in one of the episodes, and it really sparked my heart. And it's this one, Psalm 77, and uh, that's what we're going to be looking at today. So, beloved, have you ever earnestly sought after God? You see him as your greatest need? I know I have. Recently, it's been that way due to my new issues. Due to new issues, God is working on my heart, like greed, covetousness, and uh, my and my codependent issues. And examining and examining my motives for the things that I do as well. In my message I did about Psalm 143, we talked about how we can look at David's heart and think, oh, well, God is only helping him because he's more holy than I. As much as I believe that to not be true, I still for some reason struggle with like not believing that. It's it's a battle I'm kind of fighting right now. I have been for ever since I kind of came across that. But but a verse that came to mind that helped me break free of that thought and really believe in what I was saying to be true is James 2.10 out of the ESV. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of it all. We can ensure that God shows no partiality of any man either. That's Romans 2.11. So if so, the reason I bring up James 2.10 is because if David sinned once by or in even by committing adultery and murdering um, Bathsheba's husband, then look at verse 10. Look at look at James 2.10. He, he messes the whole thing up. He does the whole thing. I don't know. I'm pretty sure I'm interpreting that right, but that really helped me understand that, like, oh, people be like, oh, well, he only sinned once, but James says here. So, okay. Let's start Psalm 77 now. 14 minutes in. That's okay. There's two titles for this, and the first title is Comfort in Trouble from Recalling God's Mighty Deeds. Comfort in Trouble from Recalling God's Mighty Deeds. It's pretty much saying you cannot receive comfort in your trouble if you do not recall God's mighty deeds. To the uh, chief musician, according to Jeduthun, I don't know how to pronounce that, but one of uh, David's uh, three uh, chief musicians, founder of an official music family, this is a psalm of Asaph. So this is not David, it's Asaph. There was a number of Levites that King David assigned as worship leaders in the tabernacle choir, according to 1 Chronicles 6, 31-32. Asaph was one of those men. You can see that in 1 Chronicles 6.39. So verse 1, My voice raises to God, and I will cry aloud. My voice raises to God, and he will hear me. In the day of my trouble, remember that word, of my trouble. We're going to come back to that. I desperately sought after the Lord. We're, going to, we're reading out of the Amplified today. In the night, my hand was stretched out in prayer. Without weariness, my soul refused to be comforted. So where it says right there at the beginning of verse 2, in the day of, of my trouble, um, of my trouble is one Hebrew word, and it's the word saurah, saurah. 
If you'd like to know how to spell this Greek word, in case you're taking notes, it's S-A-R-A. Now, this, uh, it, it, this, this word is being used as a feminine noun, and some of the definitions are really intriguing. Here's some of the definitions. Distress, trouble, or vexer. There are other definitions, but those are just uh, the ones that I wanted to hone in on. Vexer, though, can translate into someone feeling annoyed, frustrated, or worried, especially with trivial matters. I've had so many moments like these where I have really fervently uh, feel God, or I will seek after God, and my soul refuses to be comforted. Moments where I feel lost, confused, and even second-guessing myself if I'm doing the right thing by seeking God. And I think it's really the enemy is what I'm really experiencing in that moment where like the enemy said to Eve, you know, did God really say that? And the enemy would be like, are you really doing the right thing? And it's like, like the verse in Hebrews, God rewards those who diligently and earnestly seek him. Like that verse is running through my mind, but there's still that thought like, are you really doing the right thing? Um... Another thing I'm trying to think of, and then like that verse, um, Psalm 9:10. Um, this is really what broke me free of like worrying if I'm doing the right thing. And those who know your name, who have experienced your precious mercy, will put their confident trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not abandoned those who seek you. It's that simple. It's Psalm 9:10. So. Verse 3, I remember God, I remember God, then I am disquieted and I groan and I sigh in prayer and my spirit grows faint, Selah. In, in our study that we did in Psalm 143, verse 5, where David says, I remember the days of the old. Verse 3 here in Psalm 77, where it says, I remember I was wondering if it was the same Hebrew word being used here, and it is. They're the same words. It's the word zacher, zacher. This word is being used as crap. Maybe I don't have that in my notes. Okay, hang on. But anyway, that I remember is one Hebrew word. And if you like know how to spell this uh, Hebrew word, it's, um, I, I typed down Greek uh, word spell. I meant to put in Hebrew. Okay. It's Z-A-K-A-R. Z-A-K-A-R. Some of the definitions are to recall or to call to mind. It's just so simple, beloved. I feel like we can be like, like when we're in our moments with God and we're going through tough things and we're trying to trust him and we're seeking after him. And then we try to ponder on the things he's done in the past and it doesn't really change anything. I think what matters is that you're trying. And I love what my friend Brandon said, like I've taken this with me, that confusion is not a sin, but it's about intentions. So going back to verse three, where it says, then I am disquieted. Um, that is one word, one Hebrew word where it says, then I am disquieted and it, it, it can translate into to murmur, growl, roar, cry aloud, mourn, rage, sound, make noise, to be troubled or be in a 
uproar. Uh, then there are two more definitions that I can relate to so much. Uh, to be in a stir or be in a commotion. A state of confused and noisy disturbance. Those are a few of the definitions. And we, we, we talk about mental health so much and I'm like, it, it seems right here that like that Asaph is, he is mummering, he is crying aloud, he feels confused and he feels he is so stirred up and he doesn't know what to do. And as much as I believe in demons and people getting deliverance of that kind of stuff, born again believers are allowed to have mental health issues. And when we look at that and we think that's not true, we have stopped doing Matthew 5, 5 being meek. I've had so many of these moments where I seek God and I feel literally everything of verse 3. I'm just going to read verse 3 again. I remember God. Then I am disquieted and I groan and I sigh in prayer and my spirit grows faint. Where, okay, have you ever had a moment where you're driving or you're in your room and you're just, you're thinking about God, but you, you groan on the inside in prayer and you feel like your spirit grows faint and you think you've done something wrong and that may be the case, beloved, but that's not the case every time. I've been there. Where I, I remember God, I, I fix my mind on Him, I put my mind back in Him, but I, I still feel disquieted. And I groan and I sigh in prayer and my spirit grows faint. At the end of verse 3, where it says Selah, this is a pretty common word that you can see show up in Scripture. Um, it's used as a verb and it translates into a technical musical term probably showing Accentuation, which means the action of something emphasizing something to pause or interruption. Now, scholars don't actually truly know what this word translates into. So, for me, when I open up my heart to God about how I really feel, I tell him the thoughts that I struggle with and I just get really raw with God. I can look back and feel moments of an action of something emphasizing something. We're like, okay, so let's 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 go back here and then we'll come back to verse four. At verse three, where like he says, I remember God and I'm disquieted and I groan, I sigh in prayer and my spirit grows faint. And then Selah could mean you're reflecting on what you said, you're pausing, you're thinking about it. And it may it may kind of bring you a little bit of clarity about what you're dealing with. You pray and you're silent and you ponder on it and you see what the Lord wants to teach you in that moment. That could be what it means. That, that, that could be what it means. And that's usually been my uh, experience. So, verse 4. You, meaning God, have held my eyelids open. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I'm just going to go off note real quick. Like, beloved... I've had moments where my mental health goes really bad. Like for example, like when I used to work at Lifetime Fitness and I would have just racing thoughts, 
Um, and I just didn't know how to control them. I, I mean, I prayed and I saw God, but it just didn't stop. Um, looking back, it's my ADD is what's kicking in. It's just the way it is. I'm not on any medication or anything. But um, anyway, and the one thought that comes to my to my thought, to my mind, is like when I get home, I just need to get alone with God. And and I have done those. I I I really have. I and then I go to my room and I spend time with Him. And uh, I have felt at the end of verse four, I feel so troubled sometimes in those moments. I just I can't even speak a word to God. It just feels painful, and I'm I'm so troubled. I don't even know what to say to God. And in those moments, beloved, I have seen God almost like like tell me in a feeling that He's having. I see you and I see what you're struggling with and I'm right here. I've had many days where my mental health gets so bad and I put things into practice in those moments in prayer and they barely work sometimes. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Then I think to myself, I need to, see now I'm just repeating what I just said. I'm just going back to my notes. I need to, I need to get in my room and pray and get alone with God. Then when this happens, I find myself deeply troubled that I am speechless before God. Verse 5, I have considered the ancient days, the years of prosperity of long, long ago. I'm not sure if I'm looking too much into this, but in Psalm 143, beloved, verse 5 is where the writer starts to transition their hearts in a different way attitude we're on verse 5 right now in Psalm 77 Psalm 143 if you remember David talks about how he felt his soul was wrapped in darkness and verse 5 he goes I ponder on the days of the old I ponder on the works of your hand and we see Psalm 77, verse 5. He goes, I have considered the ancient days, the years of prosperity long, long ago. Verse 6, I will remember. Remember those three words. We're going to come back to that. My song in the night. I will remember my song in the night. I will meditate with my heart and my spirit searches. So I'm remembering my song, I'm meditating on my heart, and I'm still searching though. My spirit searches. I'm, I'm looking at what to do. Now, in case, now remember, we said we'd come back to at the beginning of verse 6 where it says, I will remember again. It, it is the same Hebrew word that's being used here, zacher. Now, uh, the last word for verse 6, searches, is the word uh, chafas, chafas, and if you like to know how to spell this word, it's H-A-P-A-S. This word is used as a verb, and it can also translate into test. Think about that, beloved. Verse 6, I'm going to read it again. I'm going to plug in test for searches. I will remember. Zahir, my song in the night, I will meditate with my heart as my spirit test. I don't know if that makes sense, but pretty much it's like he could be saying my spirit is being tested right now. That, that could be what it means. Verse 7, will the Lord reject forever? And will he, will he never be favorable again? 
Has his loving kindness ceased forever? Have his promises ended for all time? Have they, beloved? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Yeah, what a joke, right? To continue verse 9, Or has he in anger withdrawn his compassion? Selah. So he pauses and he thinks, Is this really what's going on? Has God forgotten something? Can God forget something? And this isn't me like like scorning Asaph. The beloved, we have these thoughts. If we're being completely honest with ourselves, we have these feelings sometimes. God, have you forgotten? Really? But it's okay if we have these thoughts. God is there to meet us where we are at. He knows the depths of our brokenness. He knows it. That's why he sent his son. Verse 10, And I, Asaph, said, This is my grief, that the right hand of the Most High has changed, and his loving kindness is withheld. Verse 11, I will solemnly remember your deeds of the Lord. I'll remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will wholeheartedly, what does Jeremiah say? If you seek with me your whole heart, you'll find me. I will wholeheartedly remember your wonders of old. That's exactly what David said in Psalm 143. I ponder on the days of the old. I look on the the works of your hand. We can look at verse 10 and the enemy can convince us that God has changed. That this is my grief and the right hand of the most high God has changed and his loving kindness is withheld. The enemy can try and convince us in that. That we forget 1 John 1.8 that God is love. He is. The Bible does not say God is wrath or God is anger or God is it doesn't say that. It says he is love. But we see in verse 11, Asaph says again, I will solemnly remember the deeds of the Lord. He's, he's like back and forth. Like how many, like, like we've been here. Like this is my grief. The right hand of the most high has changed, but I'm still going to solemnly remember the deeds of the Lord. Like, like wh- where are you standing here, Asaph? What, we got to make a choice here. We have thoughts like these where we're back and forth and we're like, is God angry with me? Has his right hand changed? Is his loving kindness withheld? But he goes back in confidence at verse 11 and he says, I will solemnly remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will wholeheartedly remember your wonders of old. Why? Why is he pondering on the wonders of the old? Because he saw that God was still faithful in his weakness. My Abba is faithful. My Abba is faithful when I am unfaithful. My Abba loves me when I'm wicked. Verse 12, I will meditate on all your works and thoughtfully consider all your great and wondrous deeds. Your way, O God, is holy, far from sin and guilt. What God, great like our God, no God, no God, not Allah, not Buddha, not any, anyone else. 
You are the awesome God who works powerful wonders. You have demonstrated your power among the people. You have with your great arm redeemed your people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph, Selah. The wonders of the Red Sea saw you, O God. The, wa- the, the waters saw you. They were in anguish. The deeps also trembled. The clouds poured down water. The skies sent out a sound of rumbling thunder. Your arrows, lightning, flashed here and there. Revelation 4-5 can relate with this out of the Amplified. For the th- for, from the throne came flashes of lightning and th- rumbling sounds and peals of thunder. Seven lamps of fire which were burning in the front of the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Verse 18, your voice, the, the voice of your thunder was in the whirlwind. The lightnings illuminated the world. The earth trembled and shook. Verse 19, your way of escape for your people was through the sea and your paths through the great, your paths through the great waters and your footprints were not traceable. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron to the promised goal. So we can see verse 10, Asaph is convinced that God's right hand has changed and that his loving kindness has been withheld. But then verses 11 through 20, Asaph, he repents and remembers the days of the old. This is my encouragement to you, beloved. Number one, that Christ is coming back to save us. Even in our wickedness. Why? Because he makes us redeemed. And he will see us as without blemish. We can look at all the stories of the Old Testament and remember what God did. If you want to read a book where God is continually faithful in the midst of his people's wickedness, go read Judges. Or even awesome things that God has done in our lives. And we can remember those things. But the most beautiful thing that God ever did for us, that we can ponder on and remember what he did, was sending his only son who became a curse and took on the physical, emotional, and verbal abuse we deserve because of our wicked deeds against a holy God. But in his love, his mercy, his grace, his kindness, and his tender compassion, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for all. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And we can connect this with Micah 7, 7. But as for me, I watch in hope for the Lord. I will wait. I wait for God, my Savior. My God will hear me. What do we hear at the beginning of verse 1? My voice is raised to God and he will hear me. Why? Because Psalm 9, 10, that God does not abandon those who seek him. Why? Because you are representing poor in spirit. You're saying, Lord, I need you. I am poor in spirit. I need you. (sighs) 
Well, amen and amen, beloved. That is my message for you guys today on moments of seeking God in silence. This is a very encouraging passage of scripture for me, um, and I really hope it encouraged you. I'm going to share the gospel real quick. So there was a law that was given to God's people, the Israelites, which were written on tablets of stone. And God gave it through Moses after God led his people, the Israelites, out of the bondage and slavery in Egypt through King Pharaoh. Generation after generation, God's people, the Israelites, could not do what God demanded. There were many kings who led over God's people. Many were righteous in the eyes of the Lord, but many were also evil. There then came the prophets sent by God who would give God's people and kings a message of many kinds. Through Isaiah's words in chapter 53, and what we read uh, in today's uh, scripture, there was a prophecy about a coming Messiah, someone from the lineage and root of David that would save everyone from their sins, to then, at that point, be in right standing with God through this Savior, to be made righteous. After all the turmoil of the law that brought forth death, Jesus came and started to proclaim the gospel. And it was said, repent and believe in the gospel, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus also said, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Paul was a chosen man by God to proclaim the good news of the gospel. And uh, he was an apostle. In the Greek there, it translates into a sent one. And he says in the book of Romans that we have all fallen short of the glory of God, that we are not morally good people. We are rather dead in our sins. But Christ came to redeem us from the curse of the law, the sting of death, to then make us in right standing with God. Jesus lived the life we couldn't live by being tempted by sin, but knew no sin so that we would become the righteousness of God through Christ. We are all sheep who have gone our own way, but God has caused the wickedness of us all to fall on Jesus. So in essence, the bad news is we couldn't do what God asked us. We kept falling short generation after generation. But the good news, the gospel, is that Jesus finished what had to be done. And those who repent from their sins and seek God's will for your life and trust in the sacrifice Christ made for your sins, you are saved. There is no one that can pluck you out of the hand of Christ. You are held in his hands. You receive the new heart. You receive the Holy Spirit and you are forever changed. The old spiritual man is gone and the new spiritual man comes. Here's some scriptures that emphasize on what Christ has done. You can look at these on your own time if you would like. Galatians 3, 10 through 14. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. Isaiah 53. John chapter 3. And Ephesians chapter 2. Let's close in prayer, beloved. God, wow, what a great psalm. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Father, please help us to fix our minds on your faithfulness. Because at the end of the day, your faithfulness glorifies you, Lord. You are so faithful beyond our weakness. Open our eyes to realize this, Lord, but change our hearts to want to love you 
circumcise our hearts, God. I pray for those, Lord, that have been seeking you and they haven't heard anything. I pray they would put their hope and trust. God, I pray for for grace to trust you, Abba. My Abba, my faithful Abba. You're faithful when I'm wicked. You're faithful when I'm bad, God. I worship you, Lord, for that. And I am made righteous in your Son. Thank you, Lord. Reveal this to people who are listening here, God. Holy Spirit, open their eyes. In your grace, in your kindness, God. I pray for protection in their dream realm. I pray that you would put your seed in them, God. In moments of seeking you and not hearing anything. Abba, we trust you. We trust you. Just say it with me. We trust you. We trust you. We trust you, Lord. We trust you. You are good. You are good when we are bad. And we thank you, God. We trust you, Lord. We trust you. We trust you. We trust you. I trust you, Abba. My Abba. Thank you for this episode, Lord. Holy Spirit, lead this person who's listening in Jesus' name. Amen. Beloved, every time I get on here, I'm so honored that God continues to use me. Um, I'm trying to think about, I think God told me what I was going to speak about next week, but I kind of forget. Um, trying to think what I was going to, I can't, I can't completely remember, but... Uh, real quick announcement. Some of you guys know I just moved over to YouTube and I've been having a very awesome uh, video editor named Jonathan. Uh, him and I are parting ways. Nothing, uh, you know, like we're not sh- like fighting or anything, but there's just something that we are, um, that we talked about and we're going to be moving uh, apart from one another. Um, we are, con- we are, um, it's just for, I'm not going to explain what it is because I just don't think it's, excuse me, it's not my place to say, but um, we are continuing to look at each other through the lens of Christ. We still love each other, but um, we're just not going to be working together anymore. Um, I'm continuing to pray for him. Uh, he is loved by Jesus. He's saved. Um, so I will not be having any more, uh, what do you call it, like uh, verses come up on the screen. If you're if, if you're listening over on YouTube, if you're not, that's fine. Um, and I, I've, I've, I've had to look at myself and go, you know what? As, as much as he's really good at it, and I and I... It's really cool to see the verses come on the screen because I have watched some of the videos. It, it is really intriguing. Um, I realized that's not what it's about. And that's not me putting Jonathan down or anything like that. That's not what I'm doing. Um, but rather, you know, God told me to get on YouTube and I'm just being faithful with it. I am just being faithful to it, being led by his spirit and not being led by the will of man. Um, so 
Anyway, thank you so much for listening to today's episode as we talked out of Psalm 77, as we talked about seeking God in silence in our pain. This is your friend Josiah. God loves you.